All right, first, Coldplay sucks is one of the most uninteresting opinions a person can have about music. So if you press play on this expecting to be bored out of your mind, sorry. We're not going to bore you with that generic chintzy take about Coldplay. Coldplay sucks. Okay, dude. Wow, you're real fucking... <laughs> Tell me more. What else do you not like? I just like to feel as if I know what I'm talking about by repeating things I've heard from people who I assume know what they're talking about. Yeah. I know someone that said they suck, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they also suck because they said they suck. One of the first big backlash against Coldplay things was this rant Chuck Klosterman wrote when he was easily the most famous and popular music critic around. If you go back and read it now, it's honestly pathetic because the entire thing is about some girl who chose to go to a Coldplay concert instead of hanging out with him in the New York City Waldorf Astoria or some fancy hotel. He got this room in a fancy hotel and he thought this girl was going to come hang out with him there. And then she canceled to go see Coldplay. So he wrote this article about fuck Coldplay, basically. So just like uh, so many other things in life, the uh, fragile male ego gets bruised and suddenly everything that the person that uh, <laughs> bruised their fragile ego likes really sucks. Big incel vibes in the entire piece. But the funniest part is... Klosterman eventually realized how stupid this article was and retracted it. He took the whole thing back, but it was something like 10 years later and the damage was already done. By that point, it had already sunk into the fragile psyche of so many men around the country that Coldplay sucks. It is, I don't All know. the while their girlfriends are totally going to see the fucking show. I don't know why this always happens with music. but So like beer. Uh -huh. it, if someone tells you, you got to drink this beer, it's the best beer that anyone has had. Or vice versa, never drink that beer. It's disgusting. Don't drink it. Any individual beer drinker puts it in their mouth and makes up their own mind. Right. Like, I don't care whether someone told me this was good or bad. I like drinking this beer. Yeah. That does not happen with music. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really strange. It's really, really weird how people get their opinions on music spoon-fed to them. And I don't know if it's just because they feel like they don't know anything because maybe they don't play instruments or what, but it's really weird. Music is by far the most, anything really, that people heavily are influenced by other people's perceptions of it. On the first date, like I just picture this, like, you know, two people sitting down for the first time and like, if you utter the wrong band or your taste in music does not align with theirs, if you start making fun of a band and then it's, wait, what? The best thing. That's my favorite band. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, you, like they whip out a tattoo of the band or whatever. <laughs> like the chances of there being uh, something more is about zero. This is something you can learn even super early in this episode. Don't diss Coldplay and make fun of Coldplay because they're one of the most popular bands in the history of music. Statistically yeah. speaking, a majority of people you meet like the band. Bad idea to talk shit on Coldplay, statistically speaking, for sure. And it's, it's also, it's always so boring and predictable to track how these consensus opinions form because it is the same story every time. Mm -hmm. The dude says he hates the fucking Eagles, man, and the Big Lebowski, and we still have dumbasses repeating that quote without realizing they love like 10 Eagles songs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Coen brothers like the Eagles, by the way, because they put that Spanish version of Hotel California in, in the, the movie, bit, yeah. and it's awesome. How many people are quoting that, saying the Eagles suck without even realizing what that song is? Yeah, I think there really is something. Man, we should just do a whole episode on this. This is like so we could do a whole separate thing. This is definitely true for Coldplay, though, is the band gets wrapped up in their fan base. So a group of people, say like uh, jocks or something like that, really like a certain band and you really hate jocks, then you automatically hate everything that they right. like. If yeah. they say they like X, you automatically hate it. I think the, uh, the Dave Matthews band falls into a similar category of, I hate their fans. Well, their fans aren't them. You know what I mean? And Coldplay for sure falls into that. If I see 
a dude wearing a Coldplay shirt, I guarantee you probably a majority of the people I'm hanging out with at the time are probably going to be like, wow, what a dork. Well, it's also who's making fun of Coldplay. I identify with them. So the, like the reason why mm-hmm. I brought up The Big Lebowski is mm-hmm. in 40-Year-Old Virgin, one of the biggest comedy movies of all time, Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen are sitting there doing the, you know how I know you're gay thing, uh-huh. you know, because of how hilarious of an insult it is to call someone gay. Right. It's like super funny every time that you call someone gay. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that they say is, I know you're gay because you listen to Coldplay. And now a bunch of dumbasses who think two fictional Circuit City employees are unimpeachable arbiters of taste spend the rest of their lives spouting this nonsense as their opinion. What if those guys are idiots? What if the people who wrote those characters wrote them as idiots on purpose and you're even dumber for deciding that's you? Imagine building your taste in something off a fictional movie, (laughs) off of fictional characters that don't exist in real life. They're not real people. They are fictional, made up by people, writers in a writing room. And you basically are taking their views, I guess, which are jokes as some sort of uh, a truth to build out your personal taste off of. Many people have done what I'm about to say, but imagine reading Catcher in the Rye and deciding that Holden Caulfield was your new personality. <laughs> Just going to have a hard time. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck Holden Caulfield. Yeah. I think you're supposed to read that book and say, this kid fucking sucks. I hate this kid in this book. I think, I don't know. And then another big dig at Coldplay, early on at least, was by Alan McGee of Creation Records, ultra hip record label. Uh, he called Coldplay music for bedwetters or something like that. Mm. And this is a thing that Coldplay haters love to bring up, even though Alan McGee has also walked this statement back, just like everyone who significantly made fun of Coldplay early on has apologized for it. Alan apologized for saying it just this year. He apologized. He mentioned all the drugs he was on at the time that he said it. And then he said, quote, I'm ashamed of that Coldplay statement because I thought that was as bad as it got in 2001. And then it got a lot worse. I've got zero beef with them compared to what followed their fucking Joy Division. End Mm. quote. Wow. He compared Coldplay to Joy Division. If you're sitting around quoting Alan McGee to hate Coldplay, now you got to quote him to not hate Coldplay. But that's just like anything else in life. Most people don't retract. Like if even if the author of the piece like he did retracts, it changes his opinion. By that point, it's already ingrained so deeply in people's like uh, also hating on things becomes part of like people's like personality. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it's like a whole like identity that they've built around it. Hating Coldplay is like a part of my identity, which what kind of silly, sad life do you live? This is one of those bands like Nickelback that people just start talking shit on because it becomes the culturally correct thing to do. But if you ask one of these people how much Coldplay they've listened to in order to form that opinion, Mm. they're going to say some shit like, why would I listen to Coldplay? They suck. What's happening here? There's no chicken or egg. You have just, you've adopted this opinion. And ultimately, if... Like so, so many people like to remind us if bands that sold tens of millions of albums were bad, then why did they sell tens of millions of albums? Coldplay has outsold everyone's favorite band, Radiohead, by a margin of almost four times. They've sold 400% more records than Radiohead, which, my God, when we talk poorly about Radiohead, you'd think we were the literally two dumbest people on earth. To be fair, You and I are the dumbest people that I know. I mean, I I like to think that. Really, there are just a ton of Coldplay singles that anyone who would ever conceivably admit to liking a pop song would have to admit are good. Yeah. If A, they didn't know it was Coldplay, and B, didn't have to hear it every time they leave their house. You know, I'm so sick of hearing this, blah, blah, blah. But the other thing is how monumentally influential this band has been on music now if you want to be in a rock band that non-ironically uses an acoustic guitar in the early 2020s right now you simply must draw some elements from Coldplay or you are not going to sell true you're just not going to sell when Coldplay broke every band did not sound like Coldplay there were some bands that sounded like Coldplay and Coldplay was trying to sound like those bands on purpose but at the time, you could turn on MTV and see Coldplay within an hour of seeing At the Drive-In and Limp Biscuit. Right. That was a real world that we lived in. 
Now, everyone with acoustic guitars is copying Coldplay and getting better reviews for doing it because they came out after Coldplay got shit on. Everyone decided that's bad. Mm -hmm. And then over here, we're going to pay attention to the indie version of it. And we're just going to ignore the fact that it's exactly Coldplay. Radiohead is an example of a band that falls into that category. Like, well, we can't do it as good as Coldplay. So we're just going to do it really weird. We're going to make really weird music that's spacey and out there. And people are going to like it because it's not accessible like Coldplay is. And so we're just, you know, but we're cool. This is cool. This is cool kid music. I think there are so many people listening to this right now who hate Coldplay and would be shocked to learn how many of their favorite artists have Coldplay albums on their iPods right now. Yeah. Father John Misty fans do not want to admit how much of that guy's entire shtick is just a more in your face and in love with myself version of Chris Martin. Mm -hmm. I mean, like his entire persona is just Chris Martin. If you watch like five interviews of both of them, he's just doing Chris Martin's act. God, if you, yeah, that's, if you think about it, like everything after what, 2005, maybe even that late, maybe earlier, if it was piano guitar driven music or acoustic guitar and piano, like it was just. In heavily influenced trying to be yeah. the next Coldplay. Literally like, oh, they're onto something. I'm going to write poppy, accessible music like they do. You don't get to sell as many albums as this band sells without a hundred bands copying you. Yeah. That's the way this works. Yeah. It's the only way this ever works. And so, yeah, like as a result of how popular this band is, have I heard the song Paradise too many times? Of course, I've heard it too many times. Is it light years better than any pop song created by 95% of the bands we've talked about on this podcast? Also, yes, it's a better song. It's a good song. Well, what do you think Target is going to play in the background or Walmart or any store or elevator you go into? Are they going to be playing Dying Fetus and Cannibal Corpse fucking songs? <laughs> They're going to be playing like black metal? Like we only, played, we only played King Diamond and <laughs> Mayhem in this fucking hotel. No one ever said that. <laughs> Dude, like, Black Metal Hotel, genius business idea. I cannot fucking believe you just threw that out on this podcast for free. I want 10%. If, someone, if we don't have a Black Metal Hotel, um, there's a burger place in Chicago, Kuma's Corner. When you go in there, they're always playing extreme metal, bl black, death, whatever, metal, yeah. and, pl and playing like the most horrific Japanese horror movies and serving up insanely good burgers mm. shout out to kuma's corner we need a hotel version of that there you go where you check in and burzum is playing <laughs> in a shocking turn of events <laughs> soccer moms going to target don't want to listen to fuck by a knife anymore <laughs> and are only requesting Coldplay be played shocking couldn't have seen that coming did you know that this band splits all the money equally? Like Chris Martin doesn't just take all the money for being the songwriter. <laughs> That's unheard of. Every episode of this podcast, how we talk about the band eventually falls apart because the other guys who aren't writing the songs realize that the person writing the songs is getting all the money yep. and it turns into this shit show. Well, th that's never going to happen to this band yeah. because they split all the money equally. That's like a whole thesis around Coldplay that you could come up with. Maybe splitting the money equally and not having a psychopath lead singer or members that aren't completely like soulless pieces of shit. <laughs> and you can all stay together as a band for 25 years. The band's never broken up. It's all the same people, literally. Like that's unheard of. It doesn't happen. Maybe splitting the money evenly. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Maybe there's a whole book to be written about Coldplay and staying together as a band. Unlike every other band on earth that has a rotating number of people that join and leave the band because they're all egomaniac shitbags. Coldplay stays together the whole time, writes songs better than anyone listening to this podcast could even dream of. Does this band have bad songs? Of course, every band has bad songs. And Coldplay has a lot of bad songs, especially on their early albums. Uh, for example, I feel bad for Coldplay because they still have to perform Fix You in their concerts. And that's one of the most basic and repetitive and annoying things. But it's also mind-blowing to me that anyone who's ever praised a band like The Killers could talk shit on Coldplay with a straight face. I guess somebody probably is has thought that and is thinking that right now. But holy shit, Coldplay is way better than The Killers. First of all, has multiple albums that are good, not just one album that was really popular. If Coldplay can't write a good song, then why do you think Willie Nelson covered The Scientist? 
Mm. A guy who has written, I don't know, 300 songs, maybe, maybe even more than that. People who shit their pants and cry over how great they think the band Sugar Rose is. If you don't like Coldplay, that's pretty hilarious to me because Sugar Rose is basically a 10 second segment of a Coldplay song played in slow motion over and over, getting slightly louder each time while some guy mumbles actual gibberish into a microphone. <laughs> what song is that? What is that? All Sugar Rose songs uh, where like oh, he, yeah, he yeah, made, yeah, yeah, yeah. made up a language. Yeah, yeah. Literally made up words that don't mean shit. But if you go to a Sugar Rose concert and people are singing along to it. Like it's not a real word. Yeah, that's really fucking strange. But yeah, I guess if you were to take a Coldplay song and take out a quarter yeah. of the song and then just uh, compress it down. Take 10 then, seconds uh, of clock, slow it down, and right. repeat it forever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could probably just do time stretch on it. You probably don't even need to change it. Just like do a time stretch to make it slower yeah. and adjust for pitch. Nonsensical words that sound pretty over the top of it. Whoa, shit. We are cigarettes. I think anyone who believes Coldplay unequivocally sucks, you need to hammer this one simple idea deep into your mind. This band is not failing to create music that you like. This band is uninterested in creating music that you like. And it is super fucking weird that you have such a big problem and spend so much time thinking about that. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt. At yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter. Or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away. Oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend. Hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. This band actually has a sense of humor, by the way. Unlike about 99% of the bands that we talk about on this show, they actually have a sense of humor. Yeah, I think it goes back to like kind of the lack of seemingly lack of big egos like they don't the band doesn't seem to have like even Chris Martin, who could, I guess, have a very huge ego, a prolific singer, songwriter, but he doesn't. He doesn't take himself too seriously now at all. Based on all the videos I watched, they seem like literally the most normal people. Well, you know how every time a band like Arcade Fire tries to do something funny, it is just pretentious. It's awful because they're deeply unfunny people. Yeah. Exactly the opposite with Coldplay. One year, I think it's like 2010. One year, Coldplay, as an April Fool's joke, announced that they were coming out with a cologne. It might have been a perfume. I, it might, I don't know. If it was like a fragrance. It said fragrance. A fragrance. It did say fragrance, yeah. Called Angst by Coldplay. And it was like a fake press release on it. And in the press release, uh, lead singer Chris Martin says that this is not the best uh, fragrance on the market. And there are a lot of fragrances that are better, but a lot of people are going to like this fragrance. So for them, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And it, it's so clearly him using it as a metaphor for the band's music where it's just like, dude, I don't think I'm doing the best shit that's ever happened, but it's right. good. Right. It's good enough for some people. Yeah. Why do you have such a problem with that? Good enough for a fucking sh metric shit ton of people. You've seen the Game of Thrones thing that Coldplay did, right? Coldplay, Listen, Game of Thrones, the musical. Yeah, it is genuinely funny. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh God, this could be cringy. It's actually funny. It's funny because it's obvious that they don't take themselves too seriously. They seem like genuine people that are just like want to laugh and have fun and make cool stuff. They kind of poke fun at themselves and make fun of themselves. The cast members make fun of themselves and it seems like a genuinely good time. That's the thing. You can tell that the Game of Thrones actors are having a blast with Coldplay, getting to do some shit that they don't normally ever get to do. There are great inside jokes for people who did watch Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Everyone's having a fucking killer time because Coldplay are like genuinely fun. Yeah seriously don't know what the real problem people have with this band I mean, is you know actually if you think about it chris martin and the coldplay band like the rest of those dudes are way bigger stars than anyone in that show especially yeah. at that time the show was huge and very popular those individual actors are not famous no no those chris martin is a genuinely extremely famous guy and but you would never know 
the whole thing just seemed very like normal. Everyone from the Game of Thrones cast, except for Peter Dinklage, if a fan of the show sees them in public, they're going to yell the character name at them. Yes. Jon Snow! Right. Theon Greyjoy! It's yeah. like a, Peter Dinklage. So like he's the only one I would say, because he's had a phenomenal fucking career aside right. from that show. Anyways, uh, I think that Chris Martin does seem like a truly bizarre dude. I think whatever's going on in his mind at any given moment is probably five times more interesting than rock music fans pretend David Bowie was. Yeah. Like this dude's 50 times smarter than Father John Misty, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually watch a lot of inter. I, I'm gonna be honest. I actually really fucking hate interviews with uh, most band people. Band his, his are not bad. But He's good. The, yeah, the ones that I like kind of skipped through seemed really nice and normal. Like he, like again, I think he just doesn't take himself super serious. Definitely not. And the, none of them seem to have these massive egos where it has to really be about them and him and. I mean, obviously, anytime he's the lead singer, he's going to be the most recognizable. So people know who he is the most. But also, the other thing that really blew my mind, actually, I thought this was actually really awesome, was like how much money the band gives to charity. Oh, a ton. A, a certain percentage across the board. But yeah. then they've also started these foundations where, and this is something like people try to throw in our faces about all the bands that we talk about too. But I, I believe it with this band more because also the message in so many Coldplay songs is basically we can create a much better planet for everyone to live on. I get the... That's not necessarily cool, but it's also in 2021, some shit that I think is worth at least having it exist, maybe without yeah. shitting on it across the board. I mean, using your platform to raise at one point, I read that they gave 10% of their earnings or whatever to charity. I Maybe I didn't do enough research, but I don't think any band we have ever talked about is given that much money openly to charity and encouraged others also to give to charity. Maybe and it's not like too. a church thing or something like that. It's like actually giving to like real, you know, not-for-profits. Ending child poverty was, or was a big one or uh, food, uh, access to food and stuff like that. And then uh, forever he used to uh, write on his arm, like every show, like perform at the Grammys or whatever. He'd have like the, the words written on his arm and stuff. I mean, using your platform for something legitimately like that is is incredible. Like most people don't do that. I, at least at least not that I know of. Or, and then if you try and you get made fun of, people stop. But like he definitely knew he was getting made fun of for doing that shit. Yeah. Didn't care. Kept doing it. Made fun of all the way to the bank and uh, writing huge checks to charity. One of the things they rock music fans who hate this band are always saying they're always complaining about how no one plays real instruments anymore and it's all a fucking bunch of samples and tracks and everything if you are nostalgic for the days when everyone played their own instruments and sang live and everything then i would love for you to go pull up Coldplay's super bowl halftime show because this is certainly one of the last bands to play a super bowl halftime show live yeah actually like playing it, not just be recorded. I, mean, I think that it's official so, policy now that yeah. they can't do it. Got to be a bunch of idiots going out there with unplugged guitars and yeah. prop microphones. But yeah. seriously, just go watch the Coldplay halftime show because yeah. they definitely did at least most of that live. There are probably some tracks involved, but Chris Martin's absolutely singing live. And there were all these memes when it happened about how Bruno Mars and Beyonce, their guest, supposedly upstaged Chris Martin and Coldplay. But I think that's just those artists' fans making those memes because Beyonce and Bruno Mars both sound half asleep the entire time, which is allegedly what happens a lot of the times when people allegedly pre-record their vocals to lip sync to later. And when they do that pre-recording, it's in a room where there isn't a giant screaming audience who would hear how out of breath you were from doing all of the dancing that you're doing sure. so you don't have that audience energy to feed from and you're just in some studio pre-recording your vocals yep you remember uh uh wasn't it red hot chili peppers yeah on, like, like they, didn't uh, even bother <laughs> pretending like the shit was plugged in it's awesomely hilarious of like they didn't even bother plugging in their instruments to pretend that they were playing. Do you know it how much they got paid to do that uh, fucking Super Bowl halftime million show? Dollars Can you something? imagine just going out there and dancing around like some jerk off at karaoke? Yeah. Why Why even take the instrument if you're not going to plug it in? Just fucking play air bass. It's so true. hundred percent. Just don't even do anything. Just go around and dance around. Don't even have the bass on you. Like what the fuck is the point? 
Yeah, there. Um, to go back to what you said, I'm almost positive that that is the actual exact policy. They do not allow live. It really seems like most of the people making Coldplay sucks jokes have only heard songs from their first two albums. And they're still talking about how much they hate this band, which again, is just a really, really weird thing to do. It's really weird that this band occupies that much space in your mind <laughs> from fucking the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever the first album came out. I don't remember, 2001. Mm. Let's see, hold on. I gotta look it up. But of course it's not coming up. But of course. It never comes up when I want it to. See here. That's what he said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Years active, 1996 to present. But that the doesn't mean, album. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that uh, Parachutes came out in 2000. Okay, yeah, that sounds about uh, right. Rush of Blood to Head came out in 2002, 2005, 2008, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the most valid complaint about Coldplay's first album is the lyrics. All of these songs are clearly a product of them picking one idea and then writing a bunch of vague nonsense that seems to fit the vibe of that idea. But this is what everyone does. Mm -hmm. Everyone does this. And if, that, if that's what you got to do to eventually trick millions of people into listening to better pop music than the pop music they were listening to, then so be it. Yellow is obviously a stupid song. I cried when I listened to it. <laughs> What part of it made you cry, Mark? I was just, I was just listening. I haven't heard it in so long. I went back and listened to it and I just started <laughs> crying a little bit. It was just it was hitting too close to home, man. Did you grow up in a yellow house? No. <laughs> I did not grow up in a yellow house. This is obviously a band who is smart enough to know that you have to sneak through the door with a stupid song that becomes a huge hit because most people are fucking stupid. And then you get to spend the rest of your life doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. Which is what they've been doing ever since. It's no different than Radiohead breaking through with yeah. Creep. Yeah. If you're the type of Radiohead fan who joins the band in making fun of Creep and shitting on Creep, and then claiming everything they did after that was genius. But you've never listened to a Coldplay album after Parachutes and you talk shit on this band. You're a dickhead because it's the same thing. Radiohead literally exists as a band because of Creep, period. If that song did not come out, Radiohead would have already been long gone. First of all, Coldplay lived, lives currently because they still release music, is living the band dream, which is, oh, we've been a band for X number of years. We've written X number of songs. But in order for us to have a career, we need a hit. We need something that puts us on the map and makes us accessible. Once you get to a certain size, then yes, you start making them use other kinds of music. But the thing is, is most bands at that point, people are like, oh, you've changed and nobody likes it anymore. Nobody ever said that about Coldplay. They just got bigger. Yeah, bigger every and better. Every fucking year, every album just got bigger and better. They're still fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Coldplay is smarter than Radiohead. They don't talk shit on Yellow. Radiohead talks shit on Creep all the time. Coldplay does not talk shit on Yellow. They, they will make disparaging remarks about the rest of the album, but they still play Yellow at their concerts because they understand the trick works and they don't need to prove to everyone how smart they are by shitting on it. Yeah. They don't need to pull the rug back out because they fucking got, they did the, the magic trick. Parachutes isn't even that bad of an album, honestly. Does it sound exactly like Ben's era Radiohead? Yes. Would millions of people listen to an entire album of someone capably pulling off Ben's era Radiohead right now? Also, yes. But here's the other thing. Coldplay has a much better drummer than Radiohead does. A much better singer than Radiohead does. Yeah. Chris Martin is at least as good of a piano player as anyone in the band Radiohead. Mm -hmm. uh, I, the bass and guitar are approximately on the same level. I always judge a band, because I'm not a musician, about the amount of reverb that they have to have on everything. Like how much echoey and shit. Wow. Like, like if, you think, if you think about how much echoey weird shit is on Radiohead, because you just have to play less and be less talented. But Coldplay just plays songs. It's just like still kind of standard songs. There's not a lot of echoey reverb constantly happening because they can actually just write songs all the way through and sing songs all the way through. It's a good metric. I'm, I'm just going through everything. with Like Fleetwood Mac, for sure, this rule gets rid of them. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Definitely Tool. 
Like it just keeps, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like repetitive stuff of like, I don't know what to put here. I don't know, dude. We'll just repeat that one part over and over again. But yeah, like if you like the bends, go press play on parachutes, skip the song Sparks and Yellow and have a great time because it's better than anything Radiohead has done in nearly 20 years. And then they just kept on going. That's the craziest part. Dude, if you told me I had to spend the rest of my life listening to only albums by either Coldplay or The Beatles, I would pick Coldplay without even thinking about it. There would be no hesitation. Not even a second of a hesitation. The Beatles made at least 10 unlistenable albums before they figured out how to write a song. And Chris Martin became a very good songwriter by this band's second album. You know what we could do? is uh, actually, um, somebody should do this. If you're a real fucking nerd, you should do this of like, of of percentage of good songs. So like point being is like, so say you have a oh, band yeah. with like 10 great songs, but they released a hundred. Well, their own, their batting average is 10%. That's pretty low. Like Ryan Adams. Right, like yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah. Adams. Good versus bad. He would just be crushed by the bad. Also, you should de detract points for uh, covers. If, if if your biggest songs are covers, you just probably should just not exist as an artist at all. So yes, the Beatles are fantastic. Everyone loves the Beatles. But if you really look at the entire Beatles catalog, you're not listening to that shit all the way through on every album. You're just not. Compare the Beatles' second album to Coldplay's second album. Yeah. Coldplay's second album really only has two bad songs on it. Unfortunately, they happen to be the first two songs. Like, I don't know if they were trying to lower expectations after Parachutes was such a big album. And they were like, let's put the two worst songs at the beginning and then we'll yeah. get to the good stuff and really like blow people's minds. I don't know. If you dropped from this album, if you got rid of Politic and opened with the song A Whisper, I think it would have made more people listen to the whole thing. But really all you gotta do now is just, if you're gonna go listen to the second Coldplay album, press play on God Put a Smile on Your Face and then listen to it from there. And it's a solid nine song run. How many bands that we've talked about on this show have put out an album that has nine songs in a row that are good? Also, that's ballsy as shit not to put like this, like the obvious Open with banger. your single, yeah. Yes, you, oh, it's like such a thing. I feel like I figured this out when I was a kid. It was almost like the first song, maybe first three songs were like the obvious strongest songs on the album. And then maybe it's song seven or eight well, was it's where, also it's like where the, the other side would be on, on, a, on the vinyl. On the vinyl, the first right. song on side B, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That was the old trick. Total yeah. sense. Yeah, because it could. So, but Coldplay being as the powerhouses that they are, did the opposite. They were like, we're just going to put these two songs in the beginning and uh, stick around for the rest. The songs from this album that were hits blew up so huge. But the thing about it is, Clocks deserved to be as big of a hit as it was. There had never been a hit song that sounded like that. And there had to be so many people who heard that song for the first time and thought, oh shit. Whoever this is, is my new favorite band. And then they go look it up and they find out it's Coldplay and they bury that moment deep in the shame locker. It was a fucking great song. And I mean, like, I know I already said this, but like, I really would love to know why people think Willie Nelson recorded a cover of The Scientist. If Willie Nelson wanted to record a song that was anything remotely like The Scientist, but a better song, he would have written it. That's not what happened. He heard the scientist and said, yep, that's what I want to record right there. And then he did it. And you should go listen to it because it'll fucking make you cry. I would like to think that a lot of people aren't dumb enough to fall for this. But I actually, now that I'm letting it run through my brain, I think there's probably a shit ton of them. But I would love to take a Coldplay song. And if you could figure out a way to kind of just tweak the vocal so it wasn't obvious that it was oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. tell people that it was the new Radiohead or whatever, the new whatever band it was, to see how they responded. And then be like, oh, just kidding. Well, you don't have to do that experiment because look at like half the shit that Pitchfork has given great reviews to since 2005. Half that shit is just Coldplay albums done by a different band, man. Yeah. It's true. The third album's good too, but I kind of want to skip it to get to the next one because that's where we get to start talking about Brian Eno. My favorite fucking thing to do on this podcast because we do it all the time. <laughs> we, but dude, Brian Eno is the most prolific human being in music, I guess. And if you hate this band and you were really surprised to hear the name Brian Eno come up on this episode, this is what we're talking about, motherfucker. This is how much attention you haven't been paying to this band and you should be. If you don't know that Brian Eno started working with this band, you don't know dick about Coldplay. Yeah, people fall all 
over themselves every time you talk about Brian Eno in a good way. Oh my God, yeah, I love Brian Eno. Oh my God, everything he ever did is great. Okay, well, he did, uh, he produced Coldplay. So uh, he didn't just produce Coldplay. He took this band apart and put them back together, man. <laughs> so I would say only about half of their first album with Eno is good. This is the uh, Viva La Vida album. When you listen to it, you can hear them taking notes from Brian Eno and they're trying new things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, this one also seems to be backloaded. The worst songs are at the beginning. And I'm not really sure if they do this on purpose. Maybe they do, Maybe. like you were saying. Yeah. And, and it does seem like a good move to me. Like, it's the same principle as a concert. Like, open with a kind of good song and then get to the good shit. You yep. know? Yep. About halfway through the song 42 on this album, you can hear Coldplay start becoming the band they are now. And that band is indisputably a prog pop band. Brian Eno came in the studio, recognized that Coldplay were already doing some pretty proggy slash kraut rocky shit and said, hey, you guys, uh, prog was good. And I noticed that you seem to be kind of doing that. And people do actually like prog more than you would think. So I would just lean all the way into that. And that's what they did. The music on the song Death and All of His Friends sounds like three different songs by the band Noi spliced together. It's super fucking smart. Yeah. Yep. But by this point, people have like ingrained it in their brain. They'll know. I wouldn't even listen to I wouldn't even take two seconds to listen to Coldplay. But some percentage of those people, for sure, if they heard the word Brian Eno, would probably give it a chance. If you just said, hey, man, Brian Eno worked on this project and then let them listen to it, I guarantee their whole ingestion of the album would be so much different than saying, oh, this is a Coldplay album. I mean, this is objectively a better band than you too. Every member of this band is better at what they do than every member of the band U2. And Brian Eno handed yeah. that band's success. Brian Eno became involved in Coldplay's success, but they would still be great regardless of his involvement. But like, what percentage of Joe Satriani fans would you imagine think Coldplay sucks. Probably all of them. 100%, yes. right? All right, so Coldplay sucks because they could never compose something on the level of a musician like Joe Satriani, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's not what Joe Satriani thinks because, <laughs> because he tried to sue Coldplay for plagiarism, uh. claiming they ripped off his song, I Could Fly, for the song, the title track, Viva La Vida. I think this is pretty embarrassing for Satriani, in my opinion, because if you go listen to these two songs, there are exactly three notes in the top line melody, which have the same interval. That's it. And there are some rhythmic similarities, which both of these songs share with hundreds of other songs, but that's it. And you can only sue someone for plagiarism over the top line melody. So he should know better, I think, than to believe that three notes having the same interval comprises plagiarism. And then the other thing is you won't find many quotes from Joe Satriani addressing whether he stole his riff from Cat Stevens, who later came out and was like, uh, I wrote that in the fucking 70s. So, <laughs> and this happened. So like it was like Cat Stevens, Joe Satriani, and then like two other people tried to sue Coldplay for this song because that's what happens when you have this big of a hit these days. What's that? It's like that movie there, like the, uh, the human centipede. You know what I mean? It's like you're suing... I'm suing you. And then it's like, but you mother, you ripped that shit off from me, motherfucker. And it's like, just like shitting through it. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's happening? It is. That but the truth <laughs> is, Coldplay is not even part of the human foot, the, the, the human shit chain. You know what I mean? Coldplay is not even in there. They're doing their own thing. I saw where some people assumed that Coldplay settled out of court with Satriani, but I don't think they I don't think they know that for a fact. And Satriani's name was not added to the song as a composer, which is usually what happens these days right. when you win a plagiarism yeah. lawsuit. Uh, by the way, when this band wants to quote someone else's song verbatim, they just ask for permission because that's what they did on their third album. Uh, they, when they wanted to use Kraftwerk's song "Computer Love" for the Coldplay song "Talk," so they just asked them. Also, uh, settling doesn't mean jack shit. No. Even if they did, it doesn't mean anything. Most of the time, lawyers will tell you just to. All right, take that when I move it over here. Camera too hot. What the fuck? I just oh, fucking goodness. updated that shit. Wow. We should be able to get through this. I hope without it. We're professionals. <laughs> Okay, and then so Coldplay's fifth album and fuck. Wow. Damn. Okay. 
We got two camera angles. That's all right. We're just going to have to have to make it work. Um, Yeah. By this point, I mean, we're an hour into this. Coldplay's fifth album is great, and that's all there is to it. This is the one with Charlie Brown and Paradise. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the title, but this is the one where Brian Eno basically took this band apart and put them back together. He said he wanted two weeks in the studio with everyone in the band except Chris Martin so he could break their approach to their instrument. I'm going to take you, and we're going to rethink everything at a granular level before even thinking about composing Mm -hmm. the entire songs. And it's spectacular. Like, just listen to it. It's almost like if they release something without putting Coldplay in front of it with the baggage that so many uh, uh, emotionally stunted people can't get over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would just have a different reception, period. Chris Martin did a Laurie Anderson where he used, like, a pitch shifter thing on his vocal, and they came out with a Coldplay album but released it under a different band name and his vocals were disguised so people because he has like a really recognizable voice yeah Yeah. it's too it's gonna be like a dead giveaway they did any single like just drop it a semitone or two and i think that everyone would freak the fuck out over it honestly but there are so many tiny references in this album back to some of the greatest moments in the history of recorded music i'm talking everything from kraut rock to the solo albums of brad laner from the band medicine I don't know all the music that Brian Eno was playing for these people, but like I got some real good guesses if you just listen to this shit. I don't think there's another major label band on the planet right now who could cover the Coldplay song Charlie Brown. Go listen to that if you want to be really, really impressed with some great musicians playing a good song. I'm trying to think of any band. It's wild how much it stands out again because like nobody is really doing what Coldplay did even right this minute. No. Like so many bands well, trying, you know, but not doing. Yeah, yeah, trying to recreate the Coldplay thing for so long. And now like that kind of faded. And here comes Coldplay again with like a new album. Oh, we're back and we're going to change the whole game again. So five years from now, everyone's just going to try to sound like us all over again. If anyone out there, if you decide like we're wrong and you're going to prove that Coldplay songs aren't that complicated, I hope you're ready for the harmonic analysis you're going to have to perform on these songs. Like, I hope you got a lot of fucking free time because we're talking about this band is mixing modes, borrowing chords, altering chord voicings for only one verse of a song changing time signatures multiple times just during an outro of a song. I mean, go check out the song Violet Hill if you think I'm kidding. Just have fun with that. This band doesn't have to work this hard at all. These guys could have continued making parachutes over and over, and they'd still be living in bigger houses than anyone listening to this. Mm -hmm. But they keep coming at this. They keep composing at a level that is simply not required. Like, no one's demanding this of them, and they're still doing it. Yeah, it's wild to think that they really could have just recreated that first album. Radiohead stopped doing it. Yeah. No one was doing it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's incredible to think that they've, kept it rolling and getting more interesting and dynamic along the way is is it's awesome and also just because something is hard to play doesn't make it good uh something is like uh like usually it, it makes it bad right exactly <laughs> as i say like i i've seen a shit ton of people that can cra- play crazy shit on the guitar that are just nobodies Dude, that coming can't, that up aren't with, anything. Coming up with something that's hard to play where when people hear it, they, they're not thinking, oh, wow, that sounds really hard to play is one of the most difficult fucking things to do and only great bands can do it. Yeah. Because unless you're a fucking insecure asshole you don't want people listening to your songs and sitting there thinking wow that sounds like really hard to do right you want them enjoying the music and if it happens to be difficult to do the thing that you're doing great but the more i'm thinking about wow that would be hard to do the less successful you are at your job and that's literally what coldplay does they take incredibly complicated difficult things to play complicated nuanced music and make it accessible for literally your parents to listen to. How many people who shit on Coldplay do you think would go to bat for a terribly written song like Imagine by John Lennon? Mm, mm. So go press play on the song What If from Coldplay's first album, and it it begins as essentially their version of the song Imagine, and and then it becomes a way better song. It blew my mind to find out that he wasn't listening to Imagine and thinking like, 
I mean, I'm pretty sure I could write a better song okay, than this. I, I could, I could improve on this. Yeah, I could take this and write a ten times better song. I, I think I could do it. I guarantee you, if you were to ask a majority of music nerds, uh, what was better, Imagine or any Coldplay song, that they're, they're all gonna say, "Oh, Imagine was so much better than anything that Coldplay ever did." Imagine is trash. So to me, it's, this, it's a fucking bad song. It's a very bad I song. get it. I get it. Like yeah. it makes you feel a way. And like rich and famous people during the beginning of COVID were like, did that really ridiculous cover and it's annoying. But like the song is actually fucking bad. And it literally sounds like a 12th grader's final essay for geopolitical views or some shit. Like I think all that that did was just like make everyone realize how bad that song was basically yeah yeah <laughs> it really <laughs> drove it home it was oh like, shit ooh, fuck john lennon <laughs> this song actually really fucking sucks yeah so to me coldplay sixth album sounds like i'm listening to this band learn how to write songs using drum machines and sequencers and chaos pads and like maybe there's a better album hiding here if they composed on instruments they were more familiar with or at least used analog percussion but as it stands, Ghost Stories is probably their worst album. But the other thing about Ghost Stories and the next album is they were both made in the middle of Chris Martin's breakup with Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure. Which is not something I really want to get into. But let's just say that divorce is hard, even when you're not getting divorced from one of the most famous people in the world who's in the news for every little thing they do. This had to be a pretty rough time for him. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I guess like the next time you hear someone say Coldplay sucks, the cool thing to do would be to respond by saying, I know, man, it sucks. That breakup really fucked with Chris Martin's head, I think. And he went back to just like kind of only writing vague nonsense. But they were really on a roll of being a great band right up until then, you know. <laughs> sure. This is the first time probably in history these words have been spoken. But don't worry. The band took a few years off and then they came back with another pretty great album. The album Everyday Life sounds like they finally figured out how to do all the things they were trying to do at the same time. And it's definitely better than like The Wall by Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. And this is not a reference I'm pulling out of thin air because Coldplay is unmistakably shooting for that territory. The song Arabesque has Fela Kuti's son and grandson on it. And it fucking sounds like it. Like, how are you going to shit on the actual biggest selling band of the 21st century bringing in the Kuti family for a six minute jam, giving Femi Kuti songwriting credit and making it the album's lead single? I have nothing negative to say about that. Well, you're just assuming that brainless morons even know who that is. Okay, well, if you don't know who Fela Kuti is, then stop listening to this podcast. Like, just fuck yeah. off. Like, I'm done. Do, some, do, do some Googling real quick. If you're still out here saying that Coldplay can't write a song that really means anything and their lyrics are always nonsense, I would love for you to press play on the song Guns. And you should because every time you say that dumb shit, you're just letting everyone know how much you don't know what you're talking about while you're still just fucking talking. Mm. And then the song Trouble in Town samples audio from a video of Philadelphia police racially profiling and harassing a guy. And this is not something that you can just sample in some bullshit song and expect the internet to let you get away with, okay? Right. Do you remember when everyone got mad at Coldplay for doing this? No, didn't happen. <laughs> Things that never happened. I haven't listened to all of the new album, but the first single is basically a 10 minute Pink Floyd song. Yeah. And it's better than nearly every Pink Floyd song. And it sounds like Van Dyke Parks did the strings on it. It's fucking great. There's also another new song I listened to on the way over here, actually, that is basically like, it's just a really very straightforward pop song. Was it the higher power one? The higher power yeah. and then like uh, Universe or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so they're making elevated pop music again when bands like coldplay don't exist or don't put out music pop music has a real tendency to go back to the lowest common denominator and it tends to get really fucking boring and shitty so you need pop music needs if it's going to succeed and continue as a form of music it needs bands like coldplay to release these songs to keep it interesting and dynamic but it's also a super deep concept album. Like if you go read what the whole album is about, it's uh, he, Chris Martin was definitely watching a lot of Star Trek. And I would assume that we're talking like Deep Space Nine Star Trek, not like normal Star Trek. I, sure. he, it's a deep concept of what this whole album is about. And 
If you still hate Coldplay, then get ready to have a terrible rest of your life because the band BTS is on one of these songs on this album. Yeah. And Selena Gomez is on another one of the songs. So I think it's safe to say that the youngsters are being exposed to Coldplay and they are not going anywhere. Definitely not going anywhere. <laughs> no, this band's going to be here for a fucking while. They're like, how do we relaunch into some, make some pop music? Oh, you know, maybe pick the biggest pop stars on planet Earth right now to be a part of it. I guess it's weird if you're BTS or Selena Gomez. I mean, I guess you take the call, right? Like if they ask you to be on one of their songs, you're going to say yes, but you're just going to get outshined by Chris Martin and the band, which they do, obviously. Yeah. It's very much like a Coldplay song. Actually, there was a part in the song with BTS that I was like, God damn, get BTS out. Like, uh, they need to release a version of this song that's just Coldplay, please. Do you realize how much bullshit you and me are both going to have to deal with because you just said that? Well, BTS sucks. Fuck them. <sighs> it's not good. I don't care. It's not good. Uh, I like pop music. I don't give a shit. I like pop music. That Coldplay song is a perfect example of the shit nature of BTS. BTS fucking sucks and if you don't believe me listen to the Coldplay song featuring bts you're gonna go oh my god this is a great song and then bts who whichever one of the many members is gonna sing and you're gonna go oh my god this is terrible why is this person in this song they should just make a Coldplay version of this Coldplay song i just want you to remember that you decided to do this <laughs> if you're no bts fan <laughs> you're fucking crazy <laughs> True. All right. So in conclusion, if your favorite band is the Coldplay albums that Chris Martin made while he was going through a divorce, then your favorite band sucks. You are welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks. Make sure to post a link to this episode all over social media because it's certainly the only thing social media is good for. Go see what we've got in the merch store at shop.yfbspod.com. And just in general, always be trying to think of ways to talk about this show and give us money. Look, I know Sugar Ross doesn't use their made-up language thing in all their songs, but if you're trying to tell me 99% of the people at their concerts in America don't sing along to that gibberish and or don't make up their own gibberish for when homies singing a song in actual Icelandic because they definitely don't speak that either, well, it's going to be a tough sell. All right, talking, talking, you've heard enough talking. You want to know what the next episode's going to be. Oh, I figure Mark already pissed off the BTS army, so we may as well do an episode on BTS.